0: Nice to see everybody out this morning. I was thinking when I was looking for something to speak on, well, first of all, I guess I I thought I had a text, and then when I, middle of the week, and then when I started looking at it a little later, it it just kind of vanished on me. So Uh, I was thinking of these calendar <coughs> sermons that are for each appointed Sunday and very few of them uh, take Old Testament texts. And of course, much of our foundation and, and all that we know comes from the Old Testament. I'm not not against having anything coming from the New Testament for sure. but Anyways, I thought I'd take a Take a text here, 18th chapter of of Genesis, and it speaks of of Abraham praying that each one here would have that spirit of prayer that this word could be opened unto us all. So we'll read from. I'll read the. Uh, First 19 verses in the 18th chapter of Genesis. And the Lord appeared unto him in the plains of Mamre, and he, and he sat in the tent door in the heat of the day. And he lift up his eyes and looked, and behold, three men stood by him. And when he saw them, he ran to meet them from the tent door, and bowed himself toward the ground, and said, My Lord, if now I have found favor in thy sight, pass not away, I pray thee, from thy servant. Let a little water, I pray pray you, be fetched, and wash your feet, and rest yourselves under the tree. And I will fetch a morsel of bread, and comfort ye your hearts. After that ye shall pass pass on, for therefore are ye come to your servant. And they said, So do as thou hast said. And Abraham hastened into the tent unto Sarah, and said, Make ready quickly three measures of fine meal, and knead it, and make cakes upon the hearth. And Abraham ran into the herd, and fetched a calf tender and good and gave it to a young man and he hasted to dress it and he took butter and milk and the calf which he had dressed and set it before them and he stood by them under the tree and they did eat and they said unto him where is Sarah thy wife and he said behold in the tent and he said I will certainly return unto thee according to the time of life and lo Sarah thy wife shall have a son and Sarah heard it in the tent door which was behind him now Sarah now Abraham and Sarah were old and well stricken in age, and it ceased to be with Sarah after the manner of women. Therefore Sarah laughed within herself, saying, After I am waxed old, shall I have pleasure, my Lord being old also? And the Lord said unto Abraham, Wherefore did Sarah laugh, saying, sure, uh, Shall I of a surety bear a child, which I am old? Is any t- anything too hard for the Lord? At the time appointed I will return unto thee, according to the time of life, and Sarah shall have a son. Then Sarah denied, saying, I laughed not, for she was afraid. And he said, Nay, but thou didst laugh. And the men rose up from thence and looked toward Sodom, and Abraham went with them to bring them on the way. And the Lord said, Shall I hide from Abraham anything which I do, seeing that Abraham shall become a great and mighty nation, and all the nations of the earth shall be blessed in him, For I know him, that he will command his children and his household after him, and they shall keep the way of the Lord, to do justice and judgment, that the Lord may bring upon Abraham that which he has spoken of him. Amen. Greetings of grace, mercy, and peace from God our Father, and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, be multiplied to each one gathered here this morning, now and forever. Amen. There's so so much to speak of here, I don't know where to start, but we see that at this point, well, first of all, I'll say that as much as we, it's not only of Abraham, but as much as any of us come across trials and tribulations in life, It's it's hard and we wonder why, and I mean, I can even... Hammer my thumb and wonder why it has to happen and and, and you can have have hard things happen, and we wonder why or we or or like I say sometimes when when things come about I say well i didn't need that, and maybe Abraham said that of some of his experiences that he wouldn't have needed all these things, but they're i say they're character builders, and when we have a a heart and mind that are changed by this word. It works a work in us, and it works a good work in us. It doesn't embitter us or make us harder like like we see with with Pharaoh when the children of Israel kept kept on trying to leave Egypt, and it says that God God hardened Pharaoh's heart. He kept hardening in the heart more and more. But we see with, with uh, Abraham, and I hope it works with us that way, that we, it would soften our hearts, that we would, we would look to this word and look to the counsel of, of our Heavenly Father more and more when we have trials in life. We see that before this, Abraham was promised a son and and. The years were going by, and, and as we see here, Sarah is past childbearing age, and and they didn't know how how it would happen that that she would have a son. So eventually, they they came to this agreement that that uh, her handmaiden would have a son by Abraham, and maybe this would make it work, make things work. And I, I don't know all of the depths of of this. But we see here, well, we know that, that they had the son Ishmael. And Ishmael is, I believe, about 13 years old at this time. And I'm sure that Abraham, all these years, well, all the years that he knew he was promised his son, and even these 13 years that, that Ishmael had, had, had come into the scene, that he had hopes, hopes for Ishmael. And, and I say that because in the in the chapter just before that, it says, God said unto Abraham, As for Sarai thy wife, thou shalt not call her name Sarai, but Sarah shall be her name. I will bless her and give thee a son also of her. Yea, I will bless her and she shall be a mother of nations. Kings of people shall be of her. Then Abraham fell on his face and laughed and said in his heart, Shall a child be born unto him that is a hundred years old, and Sarah that is ninety years old bear? It's interesting that Abraham said that because we know that Abraham lived to be was it a hundred and seventy nine or something or seventy five I forget, but up up in those years and he he after Sarah died he he remarried and he had children by this next wife also. But, anyways, it says, he laughed and said in his heart, shall a child be born unto him that is a hundred years old? So, in all reality, he may have had children when he was a hundred and fifty, but but by this, this other wife that he had after Sarah died. And then it says, and, Sarah, and Abraham said unto God, O oh, that Ishmael might live before thee. And I hope I'm not putting something here that isn't there, but it seems like he still had hope for Ishmael that this would be the fulfillment of the promise that he would have this son. And he has a son then. But we see that that this son was not the son of promise. And and it, he, God tells him that, I don't know if I can find it, I'm so poor, poor at that, but God tells him that even even before oh yeah that's right after this Sarah thy wife shall bear thee a son indeed thou shalt call his name Isaac and I will establish my covenant with him for an everlasting covenant and with his seed after him God God does things right and man I'm sure that what happened here grieved Abraham we know that that when abraham or, or when sarah and hagar were having problems together and and ishmael was giving problems that it grieved abraham deeply and i'm sure they had had grieving over this all the rest of his life that that what had happened had, had happened had taken place he says um, i will establish my covenant with him Meaning Isaac. For an everlasting, co- this is before Isaac is born. This is when the promise is is given that you will have a son, and you're going to call him Isaac. And and God is telling Abraham this: I will establish my covenant with him for an everlasting covenant, and with his seed after him. As for Ishmael, I have heard thee. Behold, behold, I have blessed him. I will make him fruitful and will multiply him exceedingly. Twelve branches. Princes shall he beget, and I will make him a great nation. It's interesting the parallel that that uh, Ishmael has twelve sons, and, and then of course Isaac, and he he has these sons, and and Jacob is one of them, and and I believe it's Jacob that has the twelve sons. Then, and and it says that I will make he's gonna he's gonna make Ishmael a great nation. And I don't, I, I, I thought it was years ago when, when George Bush Jr. was president in the United States and he, he said of the, of the, uh, Muslim nations that they are a great nation. I, I, I had an uneasy feeling about that because they are great only in numbers. But when, when God says that he would make Isaac a great nation. Or Abraham. That's great in other ways. It's great in the fact that God is with him and God has blessed him. And God tells us that if we if we bless Abraham we will be blessed. And if we don't bless him we won't be blessed. This has gone on since the beginning, beginning of time we might say. and And The reason that that goes on for so long is because God doesn't measure time. We know that time is nothing with him. We speak of when our time is over in this this world. We have an appointed number of years and we measure time and we keep, keep an eye on the clock all the time. But my covenant will I establish with Isaac, which Sarah shall bear unto thee at this time at this set time in the next year, and he left off talking with him, and God went up from Abraham. So then we see here how it is that, this text I read then, how these these three men came to visit Abraham. And we can see the human side of Abraham. We know that all through scriptures, the, the New Testament talks about him, Jesus talks about him. The the Pharisees even talk about him. They they trace their lineage back to to Abraham. Of course Jesus has to clarify that just because you're of these bloodlines does not mean that living faith is yours. But Abraham is is talked about. And of course there's a the chapter, the the eleventh chapter of Hebrews speaks much about faith and it says faith is a substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen and he talks about Abraham and some of the other patriarchs there Abraham being the father of faith he's gone down as as being that we see this father of faith had his faults he had his misgivings but I, I believe his heart was in the right place he made mistakes but he He allowed God to work in his life also. The appointed time was not yet for for Isaac to come along. So here we see how it all happens. The Lord appeared unto him, meaning Abraham, in the plains of Mamre, and he sat in the tent door in the heat of the day, and he lifted up his eyes and looked, and lo, behold, three men stood by him. When he saw them, he ran to meet them from the tent door and bowed himself toward the ground. In the, in the New Testament, and, and this one of these verses refers to that. That we aren't aren't to be forgetful to entertain strangers. For some have entertained angels unawares. Well, we know that these three men were were the Lord Himself or the Living God. And I guess the thought comes to me about about the triune God the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. I don't know if that's what these three represent. But the uh, the three men come to, to visit him. We have to say that even though Abraham made mistakes, and, and I, as I said about this statement that he makes, oh, that Ishmael might live before thee. He may have still had this in his thinking that... that uh, he had done his best to do the will of God, and, and this is what's happened. And time moves on, but God had to show him, and God had to give him, uh, we might say, a, a hard lesson here, which may have been a character builder for him. He, he sees these men coming, and he, he treats them as special guests. That's what we should do when company comes. Treat them as a special guest. He bows himself toward the ground and said, My Lord, if now I have found favor in thy sight, pass not away, I pray thee, from thy servant. Let a little water, I pray you, be fetched, and wash your feet and rest yourselves under the tree. And I will fetch a morsel of bread and comfort ye your hearts. After that ye shall pass on, for therefore are ye come to your servant. And they said, So do as thou hast said. They accepted his, his gracious receiving of them. Abraham hastened into the tent to Sarah and said, Make ready quickly three measures of fine meal and knead it and make cakes upon the hearth. And Abraham ran to the herd and fetched a calf tender and good and gave it to a young man and he hasted to dress it. And he took butter and milk and the calf which he had dressed and set it before them. And he stood by them under the tree and they did eat. So these men came there and there, there may be more depth here than I see, but these men come there and he, he treats them good, treats them as special guests, and he puts on a nice meal for them, and they're eating there. They came there for, you might say, they were on a mission. God was on a mission. God came to, came to visit Abraham. And they asked, They said unto him, Where is Sarah thy wife? And he said, Behold, in the tent. And he said, I will certainly return unto thee according to the time of life. And lo, Sarah thy wife shall have a son. Abraham already had a son he speaks of. He says, Sarah thy wife shall have a son. And Sarah heard it in the tent door which was behind him. Now Abraham, Abraham and Sarah were old and well stricken in age, and it ceased to be with Sarah after the manner of women. We see in the, I think, of the Christmas story of, of uh, Zechariah and Elizabeth, and they were promised a son who, who, was, who was to be John the Baptist. And they had a hard time believing that also. And... We know that that story well. So God is able to do these things. He's going to return to Sarah that time of life, meaning that that she would be able to bear, bear children once more. She was she was past that. It says they were well stricken in age. It ceased to be with Sarah after the manner of women. Therefore, Sarah laughed within herself, saying, "After I am waxed old and." After I am waxed old, shall I have pleasure, my Lord being old also? God hears these things. God knows the hearts of each individual. And he also knows, when I say he is all-knowing, he knows the final result. Abraham and Sarah didn't know the final result. Lord said unto Abraham, Wherefore did Sarah laugh, saying, Shall I of a surety bear a child which am old? She couldn't believe this was going to happen. I'm not so sure any of us could believe it either. We, we know that, uh, I don't know if you can put a scientific angle on it, but the physics of it just isn't there, you might say. There's a, there's a an age where women are childbearing age, and then there's an age where that is past. And and there are these instances in scripture where where God has just made it work. He's brought that as it as it says, time of life back to back to these women. In Sarah in this case, and in, in, in Elizabeth's case when when the John the Baptist was to be conceived, or Elizabeth was conceived to conceive seed that would, that would bring forth John the Baptist so the Lord says unto Abraham wherefore did Sarah laugh saying shall I of a surety bear a child which am old is anything too hard for the Lord at the time appointed I will return unto thee according to, to, according to the time of life and Sarah shall have a son Isaac was his son of promise Ishmael was not the son of promise Ishmael was the son of the bondwoman as we read in the New Testament account that that Ishmael was it, it's interesting that God says I will I will care for him I will look after him but we know that the nations that came forth from that are not the Christian nations they are these, they're these Muslim nations to a, to a great extent, and and others, I'm sure. But it seems like God doesn't bless them. We picked up a globe here at the a yard sale the other day, and I was looking. Well, Beth was looking for some place in Africa, and I, and I, I was looking at it myself, and it, it seems like most of Africa are these nations, and it's. It's hard to believe as, as much as there's been missionaries there and I'm sure individuals have, have been blessed with, with the gift of salvation and with hope of eternal life. But it seems like the nations themselves are, are still back, we might say in the dark ages or almost back in the stone ages. But the nations are not blessed. And the nations that as Brother Dick used to say, the nations that, and peoples that pray the Lord's Prayer. We can see, we don't, we don't have to have any, any depth of spiritual understanding to see that there's blessings that come from that. Much blessings. We, we pray to a living God. We don't pray to a God who, who as, as I think I mentioned something about it in, in the, uh, story of, of uh, Elijah slaying all those 900 prophets. They, they weren't praying to a living God. I think it's easy for us, or for me at least, to take it for granted that we have a living God. We have a living God who, who has promised to be here with each of us as individuals this morning. Where two or three are gathered in the name of Jesus. He is in our midst. He's here. We can learn of him and embrace him and speak of him. And be comforted by him. Be comforted by this word. Abraham is dealing with a living God here. It's interesting about about Abraham going on in this in this chapter here, we see that Abraham, and, and I say this is, this is the kind of God we have and deal with. And, and he deals with us, of course, sometimes. And the, that a man, yes, we call Abraham the father of faith, but he had faith like, like any other believing man has. And, and here he makes a bargain with God. I can't say I've ever ever done that or ever even thought of it. But but when God God is looking down on these cities of Sodom, Sodom and Gomorrah, he says the Lord said, Because of the cry of Sodom and Gomorrah is great and because their sin is very grievous, I will go down now and see it see whether they have done altogether according to the cry of it, which has come unto me, and if not I will know, and the men turned their faces from thence and went towards Sodom. But Abraham stood yet before the Lord. This is right after this text I read. He deals with with God and says that I'm sure Abraham knew people in these cities. We know that that they were they were on those well watered plains, and and some years before this, Abraham and Lot were having a problem between them because their herdsmen were not getting along and the pastures were getting short. And so Abraham does the Christian thing. He doesn't he doesn't take the best pasture and the best land. He 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 tells Lot, "You choose which which way you would like to go and which pastures you would want, and I will I will move on and take take whatever else." I don't, I don't know if those are the words he said, but that's, that's the thought of it. And so it says that Lot chose those well-watered plains where those cities dwelt. And we know that, that things did not go well for Lot, it seems like. He may, he may have became a wealthy man, but so did Abraham. And it seems that Lot didn't have a lot of blessing in his life. And Abraham did. So we see that we make our, our decisions and our plans, and and God is is the one that that uh, is is there in the outcome. Abraham, as I said, is going through a a time of trying here, when when Abraham and Sarah both had laughed at this thought that they would have a child. I will return unto thee according to the time of life, and Sarah shall have a son. Then Sarah denied, saying, I laugh not. She didn't want to face God. She didn't want to face the fact that, that this... She wouldn't have planned on laughing. She, had, she didn't want to face the fact that this just came out of her. She just couldn't believe the, the story that was being told. It says, for she was afraid. She denied that she had laughed, and she said that she didn't laugh. But the Lord says, nay, but thou didst laugh. We know that it happened. We know that it took place. And we know that it brought happiness into their lives. It brought happiness, we might say, into the lives of all people on earth who has ever who have ever been given that faith to believe. The men rose up from thence and looked toward Sodom, and Abraham went with him to bring them on the way. And the Lord said, Shall I hide from Abraham that thing which I do? Seeing that Abraham shall be shall surely become a great and mighty nation, all the nations of the earth shall be blessed in him. We know that Abraham was told that his Descendants would be as the God told them to look up into the sky and, and look on the seashores, and that his his descendants, his people, would be as the as the stars, innumerable in the heavens, and as the sand. There's nobody been able to count the stars, and there's nobody been able to count count the grains of sand on the seashore, even one seashore, even a little lake. We can't even comprehend that in any way with our finite minds. Abraham was told that this would be his descendants. That's that same number in in heaven that no man could number. They're They're the ones who are believing. We know that spiritually speaking the children of Abraham are all those that believe because we are not Jews maybe there's someone here that is I don't know but there's the two the two types of Jews the natural and, and the spiritual but those that believe are the spiritual and and they would be numbered in, in that number and it says of them and I like to I like to keep that in mind that this this great number that John saw in heaven, it said they had two things in common. They came from all walks of life, all occupations, all creeds and colors. And it says they had two things in common. They had... I should read it. They had, come, they had come through great tribulation. That was the one thing. And the second thing is that they had washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. They may not have had very much in common as far as this life goes and this world goes. But those things they had in common. The great tribulation is that they came in contact with the Word of God. And the Word of God, working in a man's heart, causes uh, a type of a warfare to begin and go on. Because the Word tells us that even our thoughts, our very being is at enmity with God. And when we come into the light of the Word we find that battle beginning and starting to go on. That's the battle we fight. That's the battle that Jesus fought when he went to the cross. And I believe there was warfare in heaven. There was there was that warfare went on where he fought against all wrongdoing. He fought the battle for us, is what really happened. In the second part there that they washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. They have been able to Acknowledge that they're at enmity with God. They've been able to acknowledge that they're sinners. They've come under conviction that they're sinners. They didn't learn that in, in some course they took or schooling. They have brought their sins to light. Brought their sins to Jesus. And Jesus is found dwelling in the hearts and lives of anyone who has been able to find faith to believe. And we can encourage one another. And we can pronounce and proclaim and encourage and command our brother or sister to believe all sins and shortcomings forgiven in the precious name of Jesus. This is why he came here and lived and died and rose again and lives forever is so that we can receive that gift of the remission of sins I've gotten away from my text But Jesus came from all this that we speak about and if, if only Ishmael had as Abraham says Oh, that Ishmael might live before thee. We would have missed out on salvation itself. The devil would have been victorious in this battle between right and wrong. The Lord said, Shall I hide from Abraham that thing which I do, seeing that Abraham shall surely become a great and mighty nation and all the nations of the earth shall be blessed in him for I know him. It says that Abraham believed and that this was accounted unto him for righteousness. It's the same for you and I. God gives faith to believe. I would like to go and hand out faith to everybody and anyone but we can't do that. We're told to Stay with this word. Let this word be a a standard in our lives that we would hold up, and that others could see that God works in hearts. God changes hearts. He doesn't. He doesn't conquer with the sword like like so many face in this world, or by by deep meditation or, or some of these powers that be in this world. He enters into hearts and the word starts working. And it will always do its work. God says, I know him. I know Abraham. I know that he will command his children and his household after him, and they shall keep the way of the Lord, to do justice and judgment, that the Lord may bring upon Abraham that which he has spoken of him. Chapter of Faith, which I referred to, speaks here of Abraham. By faith Abraham, when he was called out, Called to go out into a place which he should after receive for an inheritance, obeyed. And when he went out, and he went out, not knowing whither he went. By faith he sojourned in the land of promise, as in a strange country, dwelling in tabernacles with Isaac and Jacob, the heirs of with him of the same promise. For he looked for a city which hath foundations, whose builder and maker is God. That city, I believe, is a the same city that it speaks about in Revelations. And John is told that I will show you this city. And that city is, is that city that is built entirely of precious stones. And it speaks of, of the beauty of that city. And that, that city is, is the souls of living Christians gone on. I believe that's the city that he speaks about here, whose builder and maker is God. Through faith, Sarah also herself received strength to conceive seed and was delivered of a child when she was past age because she judged him faithful who had promised. That puts a different light on it. It says that she, she and Abraham both laughed at the notion. And, and Sarah, when she was questioned, she denied that she had laughed. Here it says it says here because she judged him faithful who had promised. It says similar thing of Abraham. We'll read that a little later here. Therefore sprang there even of one, and him as good as dead, so many as the stars of the sky in multitude a multitude and as the sand which is by the seashore, innumerable. These all died in faith, not having received the promises, but having seen them afar off and were persuaded of them, and embraced them, and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. For they that say such things declare plainly that they seek a country. And truly, if they had been mindful of that country from whence they came out, they might have had, had opportunity, to, opportunity to have returned. But now they desire a better country, that is, in heavenly. Abraham wasn't going to go back to Mesopotamia, where he came from. It says that he had that mind, that he's looking for a better country than that. He doesn't want to go back to his natural, where he came from. He was, he was born there. But now they desi- desire a better country, that is in heavenly. Wherefore God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he hath prefer- prepared for them a city by faith, Abraham, when he was tried, offered up Isaac, and he that received the promises offered up his only begotten son. Of whom it was said that Isaac, in Isaac shall thy seed be called, accounting that God was able to raise him up even from the dead, from whence he also received him in a figure. Abraham believed God, even though we might say he had trouble believing what was about to take place there. But the Lord says, I know him. I know this man. He doesn't keep the way of the Lord because he's been taught this in some school or it was pounded into him, but he keeps it because he has convictions that this is the right way to go. This is the right way to believe. This is the way that if I take this road, God will bless me. We can all learn from that. We can all learn from every page in this, in these, this word of God. This, this word of God is a road map for us to follow through life. And though those around us may look and, and wonder why we do what we do or say what we say, we stay with the map. We stay with the instructions. Often they don't make sense to, to people who are not familiar with this word, who have not been in this, in this blessing of this word. But we just take that steady course and stay with this word. And God will see us home safely. In Jesus' name, Amen.